You're listening to Galaxy of Film. Alright, and welcome back to Galaxy of Film. I'm, of course, your host, Max, joined of none other than my co-host, Danilo. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Had a blast of a weekend. I can't wait for next weekend. Okay. What, what happened this weekend, dude? Give me give me the details. Come on. Alright, alright. So, Friday I went out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely sloshed. Um, I was just tired, personally. Like, but I was like two Long Islands and I was fucking ready to go to bed at some point. Had some grilled mac and cheese. Dude, I had, I wanted a mac and cheese, not mac and cheese, a grilled cheese. And we went back to this girl's house and her friends because that's how I went out with. And she's like, do you like macaroni and cheese? And I'm like, um, not really. But she's like, well, try this. So she put macaroni and cheese on my grilled cheese. Maybe it was the alcohol. Maybe it wasn't, dude, but it was the greatest thing I ever ate. Then Saturday, mm-hmm. I wake up. Home game, MSU. Party starts at like 11, dude. It doesn't stop till one in the morning. My bank account wished it probably stopped, uh, but you know, what can you do? And Sunday I was just fine for my life. Yeah, okay. You don't, you don't like grilled, or, excuse me, you don't like mac and cheese? So I grew up in a time when mac and cheese was goaded. Just absolutely goaded, you know? Okay. I might get canceled this, but I don't care, dude. I'm gonna cancel for a lot worse. But then, I think it was 2008 rolling around. And we had a vice president who wanted to be real healthy. I, I don't really care, dude. I wanted to be fe- fucking fat. So th- we had to change a few things and ingredients for some things. And you know what? Kraft mac and cheese changed its ingredients. And it just stopped being good. Took away my slushy machine too, bro. I will never forgive that part. I will never forget those either. I'm glad you yeah. said that, actually. <laughs> yeah, dude. The slushy machines were gas. And one day I walk in and it's just no more slushy machines. Gosh, yeah, they're like seventy-five cents, right, or something stupid like that. Yeah, dude, it was dummy. It was easy money, bro. And you were such a pimp if you had like five bucks and you just got it for the whole table. Yeah, I didn't do bad, dude. Screw them. I, I enjoyed my slushy money. <laughs> oh dang, that brought back a weird memory, dude. Damn. Damn. Blue and red. Blue and red were the only ones. Sometimes green if they ran out of them. So we only had green and purple. Oh, dude, what the fuck? Get some help, bro. <laughs> Oh boy, speaking of getting help, uh, this week we're discussing, you know, this 1978 Halloween and also the new Halloween ends, but thankfully we aren't alone this week, reintroducing to the show, he's here basically every week, he kind of lives outside of the studio for all we know, we got Alex from Drinking the Movies, how are you doing man? Doing alright man, the alley, the alley's getting a little cold though, so I mean if y'all could like let me in every now and again. That'd be nice. Maybe, maybe. I was gonna get you a heater for Christmas if you're lucky to bring out there. But whoa, uh... <laughs> dude, I'm getting a heater. Yeah, yeah, that's an upgrade for you. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing all right, man. I'm here for basically all the Carpenter episodes, so it's only fitting I'm here to talk about Halloween. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, man, you are here for a lot of the Carpenter stuff. You're right on that. But uh, anything special going on in your life lately? You want to talk about any mac and cheese stories? Uh, no, but we did have a slushy machine at school, and I remember the day that it got taken away. Was it 2008? It, it was 2008. We came <laughs> into the lunchroom, was all excited, and no slushy machine. And there were tears 
none of the girls gave a crap. All the guys were just in the line, just like silently crying because there was no more slushies. It's a hard knock life, huh? It really, it, it was a tragic day. Yeah. Gosh, dude. Never forget. <laughs> oh, boy. Also, reintroducing to the show, it's been quite some time since we've had him on. We got Greg Drummer from Voyager 3. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I feel like I'm the elder statesman in this conversation. You guys are talking about slushies <laughs> at school. I was, like, trying to put it together in my head. I'm like, what the hell are they talking about with these slushies? Like, you can still go to 7-Eleven and get a Slurpee. I mean, nobody <laughs> took that away. I didn't realize that you guys were talking about school. Man, in my school, there was no such thing as a slushie at that point, I don't think. And, what? Uh, What'd you have? It was just all, like, milk. I don't know, dude. milk and, you know, boring stuff. I mean, we had things called Swiss cake rolls and nutty bars. Do you, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, we have nutty bars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So that's what we spent our money on. Okay. I have a good story about that. I had a friend that was super lazy, and he would always give. He would always try to get somebody to go get his like food for him. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if you're going up there, get me this. So he gave me his money. I'm like, yeah, I'll hook you up. So I went up there. But they used to, they used to give us for like these little souffle cups full of nuts, and that was like I don't know, twenty five cents or something. It was really cheap, but he gave me like a decent amount of money. I just came back with like as many nuts as I could hold, <laughs> like in one hand. And just set him down on the table. And he's like, this is not what I asked for. I asked for a nutty buddy. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, I must have, I must have uh, heard you. <laughs> and he never asked me to go get him anything again. So, <laughs> yeah, but we used to, or like I had another friend that would like want us to go fill his drink. And I would just go f- top that whole thing off with ice. So it would have like a whole, he'd have like a giant cup of ice with like, I don't know, two ounces of liquid in it. <laughs> so people learn to stop asking me sooner or later, but they always ask me at least once. Hey, fuck it. <laughs> oh, do you have any weird mac and cheese stories? I want to ask you too. Weird mac and cheese mm-hmm. stories? No, not really. I, I do I do think that they changed Kraft macaroni and cheese, though. I, I tend to agree with that because that, you know my kids will eat that. And I try it every once in a while. I'm like, this does not. It's either I've gotten so old that I forgot why it tasted good as a kid, or that something's changed and it just don't taste like it used to. So I think it's probably the latter. Mm. Uh, no, I don't have any goofy mac and cheese stories that I can think of offhand. I'm gonna okay. have to go out and try to create one. Now I'm gonna <laughs> manifest that into the universe. Oh, you like need to. I like that you guys are still in par- party mode. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm the elder statesman in this conversation. You know, you guys are still out there partying for state games and, you know, blowing through your bank account. Like, I I feel like <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like there's a there's an age discrepancy here. We probably shouldn't point it out, but <laughs> that, I, and I and I'm also not going to be offended that that's why you probably brought me on here to talk about the oldest Halloween. <laughs> You know, so I'm thinking maybe that's why I got tapped this time. You know, we're called out almost like a weekly basis at this point for being young. I had Brian from <laughs> Drinking the Movies uh, give me shit yesterday for it, actually. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to say how old I am on the air here, but it's significantly <laughs> older. I I could probably be your parents. You know what, dude? That's perfectly fine with us because you're much fucking okay. cooler. <laughs> <laughs> 100% dude, 100%. My oh, dad was not happy dude. when he was trying to text oh. me during the game. and I was, I was just going random ass responses back. How old was your dad, just out of curiosity? 
56. Okay. All right. That answers my question. <laughs> Should we move on? Anyway, though, real quick, man, real quick. You know what next weekend is? What's that? Next weekend could be the annual couch burning, dude. I already lost a deposit here at the apartment. I'm taking my couch from the, my fucking living room that you slept on. I'm burning that shit, dude, if we win that game. <laughs> I, I, I don't care, dude. I don't care. I'm so like, ready. Wait, are you going to light it on fire in the apartment or outside? What do you think, Alex? What kind of question is that? Boy, this is really Danilo. Took time, he took some time to answer that too. Like, <laughs> Dude, this is Danilo. It's not. I'm not entirely sure. No, dude, outside, bro. Okay, I just want to make sure you're not going to commit arson. You do. You are committing arson by lighting that couch on fire. It's like a five hundred dollar fine, man. That's arson. Oh Jesus Christ! Let's. Yeah, move on, dude. Move to the news. Oh boy, let's first up on the news this week. Jesus Christ. Um, yesterday we got some character posters, and today we got the trailer, our first look at Creed 3, directed by Michael B. Jordan. Um, Danilo, I know you're a, more of a Creed fan than a Rocky fan. What are your thoughts after seeing this trailer, dude? Oh, I'm pumped, dude. If there's one thing this franchise knows how to do, it's to make a good trailer. The Drago mm. one was excellent. The first one got me hooked. This one looks phenomenal. Like, I'm so pumped to go see this. Like, you know me, you know, I've been in a slump with going to see movies and being like, yeah, it looks cool, whatever, what have you. Like, I haven't even watched the Knives Out trailer. But I you showed this bit. Yeah, you showed this, and I'm like, okay, since he's directing, too, I also kind of wanted to see what it was like. Mm-hmm. Looks beautiful as well. Looks beautiful. And the whole story about, like, because I didn't get, like, when the poster said, like, the past never dies or the past comes or whatever, back to haunt you or whatever. Mm-hmm. The character poster, I was like, what are they talking about, dude? Are we going to, like, randomly pull a twist saying he has a brother? But, like, you know, they kind of did, you know, just like a friendship way. And I'm like, now that's even cooler. Because this is the classic trope of just friends and enemies is what it looks like. Yeah. And that's that. It looks amazing. And that last little, like, five seconds they had with uh, them in the black shorts and the white shorts, man. With the big blue background. With all the audience, you know, in them. Mm -hmm. It looks looks amazing. I'm so pumped, dude. Yeah, I'm pumped as well for this, dude. Um, I'm a bit concerned more of, like, what's where is this going to lead? Like, will we get a Creed 4 later on? <clears throat> um, you know, obviously I'm a big Stallone fan. If you guys remember when Creed 2 was coming out a few years ago, um, I think it was, like, the week of the release, Stallone revealed a behind-the-scenes video where it was um, the, the desert training sequence where, like, they're punching in front of the, the trash can fire in the desert, you know what I'm talking about? And he has that yeah, mouth yeah, yeah. breathing mask on, kind of like Bane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there was a behind-the-scenes video of that. And it was Stallone speaking in front of that trash can fire specifically, and he was talking about like this is it for him. He's retiring the character of Rocky. Um, like that—that that was just it. He was going to let the continue the series continue on without him. Um, and we talked a few months ago, I think, with David on here, if I'm not mistaken, or even last year when we talked about the Drago cut of Rocky IV. Um, Stallone went on this big rant a few months ago. About this weird Drago spinoff movie we're getting. And he was talking about how, like, the studios and the executives and producers are all snakes, stealing his money, stealing his ideas. Um, so I'm really curious as to what, like, his view is on this movie going forward. Because, you know, Rocky's not in it, as we see from the trailer. That's a promise they've kept, looks like. Um, and I'm fine with that. I hope it's not, like, an awkward relationship with the studios because of that little, like, pop-off on Instagram. 
Um, yeah, I just yeah. don't want it to be like an awkward off-screen kill for Rocky. You know, he's had his ending in Creed 2, he's done his own thing, let him, let him, let the character rest, you know. This looks very solid, like it can manage this franchise without him for the first time. Um, so I don't know, dude, I'm very curious more than anything. Um, I'm hoping it doesn't take me out of the movie, though, actually sitting in theaters watching this. But Greg, what are your thoughts about this trailer, man? Are you a Rocky fan? Uh, so... First, you guys are going to be mad at me because I haven't seen any of the Creed movies. What? But Damn. Okay. I have I have seen the Rocky movies. Uh, my my favorite happens to be Rocky Four, which also has a really good score. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the cola. Um. So I yeah I mean when I when I was a kid Rocky was <laughs> was big and uh. So I've I've seen you know Rocky the original part two part three part four um, I know I've seen the one with um, Tommy the gun yeah it's five I don't yeah. I, that okay so that's five mm. wasn't there one after that like yeah Rocky was, Balboa okay so that's mm. when the numbering stopped or yep they have they had numbering through five and then they went mm. to they switched the name to like reinvent it or something so i believe I, yeah i think i saw rocky balboa so i've seen the rocky ones but i, okay. I haven't seen any of the creed so now now i feel like i gotta go watch them hearing, Dude, hearing you guys talk so highly of them and i know they did a tie into rocky 4 on one of them right like apollo creed's son like wore the shorts or something well in yeah. creed 2 with drago's back in that one yeah that's the one mm-hmm. so i knew that there was a rocky 4 tie-in so i i, I gotta make a point to go watch those Especially yeah. now that you've hyped them up so much. Creed 2 is really good, man. It, it works as a direct sequel to Rocky 4 almost as well. Like, you can okay. skip Rocky 5, 6, and even Creed, in my opinion, if you want to just go straight to Creed 2. Um, <laughs> it's solid. It's damn solid. Yeah. Alex, what about you, man? What are your, what are your thoughts on this Creed 3 trailer? Oh, dude, I'm so excited for this. I I love I think Creed One is the best Rocky movie we've ever gotten. Okay. I think Creed Two is a surprisingly solid sequel. And the the bo- the boxing fights in both movies are some of the best fights, like boxing fights we've ever seen on film. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like it's incredibly visceral. It's just fun and it's fun to watch. And honestly, Jonathan Majors, like, the man can almost do no wrong. Every performance he gives, he is in it 100%. He's never just taken a paycheck. And he looks like, if this is going to be the tease of what's coming for the Avengers, the Avengers might be in trouble after you watch this trailer. He looks very menacing. Yeah, he looks like a fucking beast. An absolute beast in this trailer. 100%, dude. I think this is honestly going to be a great movie. I hope so. Michael, Michael B. Jordan went to the Ryan Coogler School of Film. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's going to be really good. And also, they brought back Wood Harris as his coach. So they're not trying to shoehorn in some random new coach who's going to be Rocky-esque. Okay. They've kept the same guy who's like, he's been trying to get his approval since the first Creed, and now he's fully in as his trainer. Yeah, man. Yeah. So... <laughs> It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I can tell you're excited for that trainer, buddy. <laughs> no, nah, man, I just, I like seeing things come full circle, so. Oh, speaking of things coming to full circle, I guess, uh, 
You know, dude, I want to be celebrating this announcement, even though I don't like the first film too much. Um, but I'm to a point where I, I just don't give a fuck. Um, Man of Steel... No, I'm serious, dude. Man of Steel 2 is announced. It's like, okay, cool, dude. We've been begging and fighting for this movie for years, and it's like, you know, we, it, it's announced, but what, what else is announced right underneath it? The Flash has a sequel already written out for it. Um... Yeah, dude, I'm kind of just done with DC at this point. I, I, I don't know, man. You know, I want to go into Black Adam with some open minds, open thoughts. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just kind of sick, man. After the whole Ezra Miller thing going on, the Batgirl cancellation, you know. Um, what are your thoughts, Danilo? I'm DC'd out, bro. You know, I would have been pumped for Black Adam. And I, I was when they announced it. Because I thought it was going to be rated R. You know, I really did. And I'm like, I don't know what Black Adam, like, what his origins are, what he does in comic books, you know, does he rip someone in half? Who knows? But I'm like, I would like to see someone get ripped in half by Black Adam, dude. And it seemed like the tease and everything that they had, like, that build-up, like, he's like the anti-superhuman, no, Superman or whatever, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know, the one that out- operates outside the law, you know, it's because Superman's a little goody, goody two-shoe or whatever. I was kind of pumped for it, dude. But then, like, it was PG-13, and I was like, I, I get it. And then I was like, oh, this movie's kind of, doesn't look too good. And then The Rock's like... Henry Cavill's coming back, guys. And I'm like, okay, so down. But, so, uh, yeah, dude, Ezra, <laughs> Ezra Miller one, uh, that one just blows my mind. That one blows my mind for sure. So what are your thoughts on the whole Man of Steel 2 thing, though? I've never seen the first one. I, I hate I hate just that entire universe. I, don't, I just want to see. I think what really would have worked and what really would have made just the studios really complement each other, Marvel sticks to PG-13, DC goes R. I really, I, I will forever say that that's what should have happened. Hot take? That's a hot take, dude. I'm you serious, know. man. Like, I, I think it really would have worked out. Okay. Uh, yeah. Who knows? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just, I've said the last, or however many weeks ago with, with She-Hulk and Marvel, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm DC'd out. I'm comic booked out for a minute. It's, uh, it's just a bit much. It's very overwhelming. Um, what about you, Greg? How are you feeling about Man of Steel 2, this Flash sequel being a thing, the DCU as a whole? What are your thoughts on this one? I had no idea about any of it. Because, <laughs> I, man, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm comic booked out long before you, I think. Like, I, I, don't, I don't even really... See, this is more Aaron's territory. Aaron is, Aaron in my band, mm. he is all about comic books his entire life. So, like, this is he's he would give you a much better reaction, and it, in fact, he's probably going to give me a hard time when I sort of downplay like how little I sort of care um, about this. I, you know, it. I just can't come up with a reason to see comic book movies. Like I know my brother owns them all, and he shares his account with me, and like I just can't find the time to watch them because I'm busy watching like really crappy horror movies on TV <laughs> or, or Shutter or something. You know, like. I'd rather watch a low-budget like horror movie at this point, and uh, I don't know. It's probably just who I am, kind of like what interests me. I, can't, I I'm really in this, really in this thing right now where I, I like movies where it seems like the people who made it didn't really know what they were doing, or probably shouldn't have made it in the first place. I'm, I'm there's just <laughs> something charming about it to me, <laughs> like this big-budget stuff, you know, like. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so shiny and then there's like so little substance you know like i, I don't know like 
So to be honest, I'm aware that there's a movie called Black Adam. I was not aware that there was a Man of Steel 2. I don't think I've seen Man of Steel. And that's about the best I can offer. Uh, a lot of the Marvel a lot of the Marvel stuff I have seen. Mm-hmm. Um because it just seems to be better. You know, so if I'm gonna watch a comic book movie, I'm gonna watch one of those, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, Aaron's really gonna tear me apart when he if he listens to this, but uh I don't know. That's that's sort of where I'm at. Like <laughs> comic book movies were never like sort of like on my radar as much as like other people, I guess. Mm-hmm. More horror for me or uh I don't know, I guess action. I guess they are action, but they're also like, you know, you know what I liked was uh I liked the what was what were the anti superheroes? The boys? Did you see that one? Oh, I've watched part of the boys before, yeah. You know, that I liked because mm-hmm. that was like it you could tell the guy who wrote that comic book that became that show mm-hmm. felt the same way that you guys feel about Man of Steel. He he just <laughs> had it with, with superheroes and he was just gonna write the exact opposite. You know, and make mm. them all out to be you know terrible people. <laughs> so I think that was really clever, and that that sort of held my interest. And I, I guess technically that's a superhero. Yeah, I don't blame you for being superheroed right. out, though, man. It's it's just not worth getting into. It feels like at this point, almost. Well, it's like we were talking. I was talking to those guys about. I was talking to somebody about Star Star Wars. Sort of suffers from this too. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Disney bought Star Wars, and then. Ever since then, they've just been trying to get their return on investment. You know yeah. I mean? And I feel the same way about these superhero movies. It's like every single character they can drag out to make another movie and, and get that money they're mm-hmm. going to do. You know, so, you know, and obviously, you know, it's the law of diminishing returns with Star Wars. You know, <laughs> we're getting a lot of Star Wars content, which is great, but not all of it is a home run either, you know. Mm. Not, but you know, I am invested in Star Wars, so I will watch all of it. See, man, I've been Star Wars out a little bit, as as sad as it me, sounds. Me too, a little. Me too, a little bit. But I did start Andor, and now I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give it a chance. It's a slow start. I, feel I hear it. once you get to like three or four, you're, it it picks up. So I feel see it. what happens. Maybe I'm Star Wars out too. I don't know. Maybe, man. Maybe. Um, Alex, how are you feeling, though, about this news? Man of Steel 2, Flash, DC, this whole fucking clusterfuck of of, uh, of a studio. What's going on, man? Uh, so with Flash, first off, I don't think it'll change any thoughts, but Ezra Miller will not be coming back as the Flash. They are recasting him for the Flash 2. That's why the script's already been written. Where'd you um, see that at, though? I think... I'm trying to remember because I saw it on Twitter and then mm-hmm. I saw some reports mm-hmm. that may or may not mm-hmm. have been leaked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Not the ske- not the most reliable, but these... That's a little bit sketchy, bro. That's a little bit yeah, sketchy. Yeah, it is. It is, but <laughs> if you actually think Warner... If you think logically that Warner Brothers is going to let Ezra Miller kiss and make up, you're out of your mind. All right? The dudes cross the line. There's no way they can save themselves. All they need to hope right now is that the Flash doesn't bomb. That's all they can hope for. Yeah. Now, Man of of Steel 2, on the other hand, it's about dang time. It's been nine years since Man of Steel came out. Yeah, it should have been longer, dude. It should have been longer. (laughs) (laughs) Look, as the resident DC fanboy here, 
I'm going to be excited. I mean, Henry Cavill as Superman is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I, especially like the first 20 minutes of Man of Steel are fantastic. Okay, All dude. On <laughs> <laughs> right. Keep going, keep going. I'm just going to be shit. But I, don't, I really hate Man of Steel. <laughs> hey, hey, that's fine. That's fine. But I, I really love the stuff that they set up. I'm mm. hoping that it will actually happen because we've heard about Man of Steel 2 happening about 10 times now and mm. nothing has ever happened. So I will, I'm, I'll be excited, but I'm not actually going to believe it's happening until I either hear something about production or I see a trailer because I'm not getting my hopes up that they're going to even recognize the Snyder version no matter how much power Dwayne Johnson has. And to answer what you said earlier, Danilo, Black Adam does rip people apart in the comics. The man, like, he will punch a hole through somebody without a second thought. Sick, and I don't get to see that in the movie. That's PG-13. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, because what Danilo said was right. DC mm-hmm. should just go full R. Yeah, it may not make their profits as much, but let's be honest here. Joker kind of broke that glass ceiling. That was R, and it made a billion dollars. You could even like, argue the the Marvel stuff too, though, with Deadpool as well, man. Like our movies I don't know. flop. I don't understand why it's such a why, why is there a barrier great. for it. Well, where's right the, now, where's the right, flop, dude, and that was R. Mm-hmm. That was dope as well. That no, not financial. Like it was good. It did good with critics, but it didn't do great with audiences. That was also the same month COVID hit and all the theaters shut down, though. I remember, that was the last movie I saw before the theater shut down. All right, dude. Next news topic. Next news topic, bro. Oh, that was it for news. <laughs> All right, good. Now we're a message from Brandon Messina. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for our listeners, we're going to go ahead and try something new for our Stream of the Week segments. Um, from now on, we got some of our other Galaxy of Film family members coming in to talk our Stream of the Weeks. Um, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, go over our rating system for our listeners that are new to the show, and go over our stream of the week brought to you this week by Brandon. We'll be right back. Hey podcast listeners, this is filmmaker and editor for the Galaxy of Film team, Brandon Messina, here to give you this episode's stream of the week. In the midst of the Halloween season, I decided to watch 2021's Muppets Haunted Mansion streaming on Disney+. Plus. A light-hearted, fun, and charming special that the whole family will enjoy with some Easter eggs for fans of the Haunted Mansion ride. And I mean, come on, who doesn't like the Muppets? This has been your stream of the week, and let's continue on with the podcast. Oh, hi, Mark. The Galaxy of Film rating system is based off planets featured within the Star Wars films. From our highest rating to lowest, here is the order in which we rate these films. Number 5. Coruscant, the entire planet is one big city. Number 4. Bespin, it's pretty far, but I think we can make it. Mining colony? Yeah, Tabana gas mine. Number 3. Like you did by the lake on the boat. Number 2. Set your course for the Hawk system. And lastly, number one. Gotta get back to Jakku. Back to Jakku! Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? All right, and we're back from our break. Danilo, go ahead and give us your recap on 1978's Halloween. All right, dude. So it's Halloween in Haddonfield. Where is that? Illinois? Ohio? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Illinois. Um, we meet Laurie Strode, who's a young Jamie Lee Curtis. 
and she's just chilling at high school here. And there was the greatest opening scene of all time with someone in a mask just killing a girl. And you just didn't know who was behind a mask until like after everything happened, the police picked him up and it was like some five-year-old kid. He's uh, Michael, Michael something, Michael Myers. Um, anyway though, 40 years later, right? 40 years later? Eight? No, no, what? Five, <laughs> 10? When does he come back, dude? When does he come back up? 15. <laughs> 15. 15? Okay, dude, my bad, bro. Whatever. He comes back out of prison. Whatever. You know, classic, classic Michael Myers. Um, he comes back to Haddonfield, and he's like, hey, you know what would be cool for my Halloween? Just to kill some people. Um, so that's what he does. And I guess he had a little crush on Lori or something. You know, who knows? Um, but he just stalks Lori. Um, got like the entire movie, just hiding behind bushes and shit. Um, just chilling. Anyway. Uh, Lori has to babysit some kid and you know her friends or whatever are chilling out in another house and Michael just rips them apart literally and figuratively stabs one in a wall um, stabs someone in the shed you know his signature move is a knife um, three stabs usually and then a pin to the wall or a pin to the ground or something like that you know classic Michael move um, then he comes and attacks Lori and we get a big little showdown between Lori and Michael and they start battling a bit um, Lori gets stabbed or, no cut who cares who really knows um, she has to defend a kid, you know, like, oh shit, man, pretty interesting. She hides in a closet. Um, Michael doesn't see her in a closet, but here's her breathing. Michael is attuned with all five senses as we see in this movie, but he's a superhero. Anyway, Lori's like, I'm going to bring a gun to a knife show and just starts banging off some shots on Michael. Michael flies out of the story, one story bedroom to the ground. And you're like, if you're me, you're like, thank God this movie's over. I don't know why I just wasted however long <laughs> this runtime was. But if you're not, and if you saw it for the first time, you were very surprised because in the next like two minutes, Michael disappears. And you get the signature piano keys and your or whatever. I think, you know, it is a piano key, isn't it? Yeah. yeah like, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Synth piano or whatever. And you're like, damn, John Carpenter can do some good music, but not a good movie. But anyway, Michael leaves, dude, and you're like just staring at grass, and you're like, oh, wow, what the fuck's happening all of a sudden? Michael is still alive out there, and like six people are dead, and Lori's just kind of recovering. At least she kept the kids safe. She's like, I let you watch that scary movie, so we cool, right? And I saved your life. <laughs> that was about the end of the movie. Credits oh, boy. Roll. Credits roll. I, I think I know what your thought process is behind this movie. <laughs> I forgot when this was made, dude. Like... What, I'm sorry, man. What do you mean you forgot when this? I just said it. 78, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, when I originally watched this for the first time in my life. Oh, I oh. Was like, I thought this was fat, like farther down the, the timeline. I thought it was like late 80s, early 90s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So when like the 70s started showing up, I'm like, oh, we are in for a long runtime here. <laughs> oh, boy. Um,. How many times have you watched this movie, dude? One, and I only need to see it once. Okay, yeah, I can tell you've only seen it once. Jesus. That's all that happens, dude. I remember that is all that happens is Michael is just watching this girl, and we are just seeing Haddonfield just chill, and that's it. During the fall time, I'm like, listen, if I want to just go outside, if I want to experience this movie, I can just go outside. Well, oh, okay, dude. Jeez. <laughs> What does this episode turn to? Okay, man. <laughs> and he just came in here with gas and matches. 
Yeah, for real. He's, gonna, he's just going to burn it all down. <laughs> he's been doing that since day one. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, Alex, when was the first time you've watched this movie? Oh, shoot. Uh, it's been 10, 12 years ago. Okay. I saw it when I was way too young, if I'm being honest here. Okay, give me your first memory. Come on, man. Let me let's hear about it. Um do you remember do you remember the TV channel AMC? Yeah, yeah. How they would do. So you mm-hmm. remember the AMC Fear Fest that they would do every year? Absolutely. This was that was also how I first watched it. Um I recorded it and as usual, I watched it before school. You mm-hmm. know, I was I was in elementary school still, so I think I was like in 3rd or 4th grade. And I just remember watching this early in the morning looking out my window thinking I th- he's not real right <laughs> like this movie terrified me as a kid and that's why I loved it but yeah that's that was the first time that I watched it okay um I was in sixth grade the first time I watched this I was also through the AMC fear fest stuff going on um I this was like the last time I think I attempted to go trick-or-treating like like as a kid um, and I was, <laughs> this is going to sound awful. I was weird Al for Halloween that year, but I wasn't like just curly haired with an accordion weird Al. I was weird Al from the white and nerdy music video. <laughs> so I had the hoodie on like red do It was awful, dude. It was bad. <laughs> Why did you do this again? I wanted to be weird Al, dude. I was like 11. Okay. <laughs> And so, like, I went up and I knocked on a couple doors, trick-or-treat, whatever. Um, I didn't get much candy, dude. I got some weird looks, obviously. So, like, I was pretty, like, discouraged. Went home upset. I was, yeah, I was 11. And my mom was like, you know what? You're old enough to finally watch this. And she put on AMC. I don't know if she had, like, the TV guy pulled up upstairs or something. I was like, weird. She knew it was about to turn on. So she pulled it up. So you can watch this now, you're old enough to watch Halloween, like the first scary movie that terrified me as a kid, whatever. I'm thinking, whatever, dude, like, I'm just kind of pissed off I didn't get much candy, you know? Um, I sit down and I watch this movie, full dark, all by myself downstairs. Um, I was scared shitless, dude. I couldn't finish this as a kid. Whenever Michael, I I forget the, the babysitter or the guy's name he stabs, but when he stabs him through the chest, he's left there hanging on the wall before he has the ghost sheet kill. Um, yeah, that, that freaked me out so much when the camera pulls back and we see the body just laying there against the wall. Um, I couldn't finish this shit. The next day, November 1st, as I'm walking up to school on my, to the school bus, um, of course it just happened to be foggy as hell. So I almost pissed my pants walking to the bus the next day. Um, at a fort in the woods that like, I'd be out there. My dad's like power drills and shit out there building this fucking fort. Um, I couldn't go out there for like two weeks because I was scared to be alone in the woods by myself after watching this. This movie scared scared me, dude. Um, I've never had a movie like actually terrify me before. I think other than Halloween. Um, yeah, it was really weird. Very very memorable first time watching this. Um, do you remember your first experience, Greg, watching this one? <laughs> hey, you guys are gonna love this. All right, so. It's funny that you guys talk about AMC Fear Fest like it's, you know, in your youth when you were kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take you way in the way back machine. Okay. Halloween came out in 78. Now, I would have been young. Too young <laughs> to watch it. <laughs> but a few years later, 
Listen, a few year, you know, a few years will go by, and this movie got talked about in school. We didn't have the internet, obviously. Mm-hmm. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have texting. There was none of that. But this this movie was like word of mouth in school. So what I had to do to see this movie, and I'm sure it was me and my friends, we go to the store and rent the VHS tape and watch it in a VCR. So that is definitely the first time I watched it would have been in that format. Okay. And, you know, at least uncut, because when they put that stuff on AMC Fear Fest, you know, you don't get, I don't think you get the nudity. No. Well, and uh, not that Halloween is a particularly gory movie. In fact, it's sort of known for not being gory. There's not really a lot of gore or blood or any of that, really. It's all very subtle. But um, if there were, it would get cut out on AMC Fear Fest, too. So, like, um, so when I was a kid, you'd go and you'd rent this movie. And, you'd, you know, you'd have to rent it because all of your friends are talking about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned the scene where he, like, pins the guy to the wall. You know, the part that really got to me about that is how he, like, pinned him up there. And then he kind of does that, like, like he's sort of admiring. Yeah, the he head did. turn, you, yeah. And, and, like, in that moment, like, he's he's inhuman. You know what I mean? He's You can tell that he's just, you know, supernatural or something. There's there's something off about him that, you know, he would do something like that. And mm. then just be like, hmm, not bad. <laughs> you know, I can, <laughs> I can get into this. You know, so this movie was all anybody talked about. And, and really sort of defined the, the slasher genre. I mean, everybody was so quick to rip it off. I mean, that's where you got the original Friday the 13th. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll admit to it. They straight up admit to it. You know, the the success of Halloween had all these other studios scrambling to, to duplicate it. And it was such a... Um, I mean, to, to his point, it, I mean, it's a very simple, you know, story. It, it, I mean, the story is not complex, but... It's the imagery and it's and it's the way that it was done like another another subtle thing i'll point out that i thought was cool and this is this is this is a film podcast so i think you guys maybe will appreciate this too so okay you know the scene where the where her friend is is doing laundry in the laundry room and she keeps she keeps crossing back and forth in the room she'll go from the left to the right she'll stay over there for a little while then she'll cross back to the left and do something over there yeah. and then she'll cross back well one of those times she crosses and he's standing in the door and it's only like a second or two and she crosses back and he's gone. So like, there's like cool things that they did to like, sort of like subtly get in your head that like this guy is just like, you would never know he was there. In fact, I mean, the title of the character is the shape, right? They don't even give him an, I mean, if you look at the script, it's written as the shape, you know, Michael, it doesn't call him Michael Myers other than maybe in the very beginning Mm. or whatever but you know for the rest of the script he's the shape you know and that's sort of what this is you know and plus you hear him breathing behind the mask you know that first person's perspective i I don't think that had been done at that point or at least not in a horror movie yeah at least a lot of yeah and like a lot of horror movies ended up stealing that whole thing like Mm -hmm. that first person perspective of the killer you know so there it just had and then you know i'd be doing my myself and my band a disservice to not mention the score you know the score to that movie is 
it's right up there with psycho like i think i think elijah wood said about psycho he said people go wee 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 and they don't even know where it came from you know with the mm -hmm. knife motion you know people will do that and they don't even realize that it's bernard herman's score for psycho that invented that that sound like people just know that that's the stabbing sound now well i think the same can be said for halloween halloween invented like the synth horror soundtrack. oh absolutely like, yeah, yeah i mean and, and and it and it has not been beaten since like i don't think anybody's done it any better mm. and it's obviously inspired bands like mine and other people that do synth music to you know use those instruments to sort of create a sound that we loved as kids mm -hmm. do something you know our, our whole thing is to try to do something different with it and you know but uh everybody has inspiration right but halloween you know the, it's it's every, it's the total package for me so i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say that I'm on the exact opposite side of the original review. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you are, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I'll to defend it till my dying day. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, Danilo, what about you, though, man? What was like your first memory of this one as well? Since clearly you're not a big fan of this one, as we can tell. Yeah, dude. So it's because I was 20 the first time I've seen this fucking movie. <laughs> so clearly this isn't going to be a horror movie to me. This was just a slow burn. Like, if I saw this when I was a younger kid, yeah, I probably would have. Like, it had its elements. But the thing that actually put me on it was shout out shout out to Collier, bro. They had this little thing called Movie Talk they did back in the day. Greatest fucking little thing on YouTube I've ever watched in my entire life. Got me into film. Really everything like that. Movie News had it. And it was just like a little roundtable discussion and everything. Anyway, though, they made they were saying that like Halloween had one of the best opening sequences of all time. And they they made a joke and they said, like, if you haven't seen that, you know, and you're like a film guy or whatever, don't look it up. Just watch the movie. So I watched this movie because of that. So I turned this on. And obviously 2018 was coming around just around that time. That's why they were talking about it. You know, they were mm -hmm. saying, like, it's projected to do good numbers, what have you. Anyway, dude, I watched that opening scene when I was 20, man. And it didn't scare me. But there are very few opening scenes to a movie that I will forever remember, and that was for sure one. That was the dopest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, one of the greatest twists of all time, too. And, like, it's first, what, like, five minutes? Mm-hmm. You know, because you thought it was, like, an older guy or someone. Like, you thought it was, like, you know, Burglar Broken. You thought maybe it was Michael Myers, like I did, because I was like, well, you know, I'm 20. I haven't seen the fucking film, so maybe that's actually Michael. You know, it was, but, you know, older Michael. Yeah, full grown. Yeah, yeah full grown Michael. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then he's like fucking five years old. And I'm like, yo, what's that uh, philosopher that had like that uh, thing about the mom or whatever? Kid and his mom or whatever. Oh, Freud. I was like, Freud would have a field day with Michael Myers, dude. Especially <laughs> after that. He kills his fucking sister like that or whatever. Just that random girl. Anyway, though. Yeah, greatest opening scene of all time. But yeah, dude, I was 20 years old when I saw it. So it was like, yeah, this is not scary damn the score. The score does stand out always and forever will okay well that leads us to our next part you know moments we like stand out things about this film over the years for us um overall just general positive thoughts about this one alex i know you're itching to go up man let's hear your thoughts on this film real quick all right um to me this movie's perfect just off the bat i love everything about this movie um the score, like what Voyager said, is probably in my top five film scores of all time. I, because mm -hmm. it's not only just a score that you can listen to to go along with the movie, 
it also stands on its own is just great music. And not just the Halloween or Laurie's thing. The entire soundtrack just works together as a cohesive piece of art. And then, yeah, you're talking about the uh, POV shot as well. It had been done before, but this really, like, it's like the fugitive with the uh, God's Eye shot. Everyone wanted to imitate that, and Friday the 13th is the prime example. Um, and then Jamie Lee Curtis, which this was actually, this was her first performance ever on screen. Yeah. So, and she she gave a fantastic, like, who remembers the performance of hers compared to, like, other horror movie leads? No, I agree. Like, I couldn't even fucking tell you uh, Nancy's name from Fri- from a nightmare. Exactly. Like you can't. The only one maybe would be Sidney Prescott from Sh- from the Scream franchise. But it's just. I also just wrote a whole article on this, so I'm a little like Halloweened out a little bit. <laughs> if I'm being honest. No, I feel you on that. I feel, I've I, just binged I, the fuck out of these movies. I, <laughs> I, I had to. I. Over the past like couple weeks, I've watched Halloween one about ten times for this article. What? Yeah. Settle down, dude. Come on now. I also com- love the what? movie, dude. It's a movie I can put on in the background. It's one of those where it's like if it's on TV, I'll I'll click on it. It doesn't matter where it is in the movie, and I'll just watch it from there. It's a, it's a comfort movie. We talked about this exactly. On, on, we talked about this on the V three podcast that's coming out. Like, sorry, I'm plugging something i probably shouldn't do that but no, you're uh, good <laughs> oh no definitely it's, definitely it's, plug the podcast our, our, our next podcast is coming out and we i think we talked one of the topics is like um top three halloween films and this was you know this falls into what i would what i described in that podcast as like a halloween comfort film you know what I, and for obvious reasons it's like it's like back to the future if it's on i just watch it doesn't matter. It could be any one of the three. It's just a comfort film. I get it. Uh, yeah, same I with can, Halloween. I can, I can. I understand it, man. But ten times, dude, in one week? Dude, no, 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 over a couple weeks. Oh, I thought you were saying one week. You just no, had no, to no, sit no, there no. back to back watching. Yeah, that's no, what no, I no, 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 yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I love the Halloween franchise, but if I was doing something like that, I would just have to go through the movies, just like have them circulating. Because there's no way I could just watch one of them for a week straight. Yeah. It'd be insane. Okay. But, but continue. That's what I thought you would meant. My apologies. No, 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 you're all good. I mean, I do watch that movie way too much. It's like Jackass Forever. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, what what Greg was saying, like it is, it's the comfort of being uncomfortable. Like this movie puts you on edge. It makes you feel uncomfortable, especially with the, uh, like you said, the scene where Michael impales a guy on the wall. And stands back to admire his artwork. Like, everyone thought that was a new thing with the David Gordon Green movies. No, Michael's been an artist for about the last 40 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... It's one of the weirder things about him that they definitely explore, especially in, like, the Thorn trilogy. Like, the weirdness behind the mask more than anything else. And, I mean, it's just... it's Also, Donald Pleasant's... This like really started the collaborations between Pleasance and Carpenter, eventually giving us the best one, um, Prince of Darkness. That that movie's fantastic. Definitely go watch that. Still to see it, man. He, when I get my Shout Factory 4K, I'll bring it over and you can watch it. You'll thank oh, me later. How 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 sweet of you, Alex. Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate. I'm just that. I'm just that great of a guy. 
but yeah, the 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 hamminess of his performance just works with everything else crazy. Like this, you know, maybe twenty year old mental patient with the strength of Superman. Mm-hmm. And you have Dr. Loomis just running around yelling at Lonnie to get his butt home and doing all this weird, like, you don't even, he might have been on drugs at the time, I don't know. It was the 70s. <laughs> so, it, it, it's perfect, man. It's perfect. Um, yeah, dude, I, I agree this. It's odd enough to say this, but, like, uh, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, it, it's right there, possibly, like, the number 10 spot for me. Um, in wow. my opinion, this is like the most perfect horror film. Um, you know, obviously it's not a, not a secret. I do like some of John Carpenter's stuff. Um, but I feel like I like his other stuff mainly because of this one. You know, I can poke holes in a lot of his other movies, but like, this is all reliable for me. Um, this is the movie that makes me look back and, you know, see, or how I view Carpenter as a classic filmmaker is because of Halloween specifically. Like, that was his golden ticket for me. Um, you know, obviously this is, like, the first movie to make me feel that terror as a kid. And nothing else has kind of, like, replicated that for me, movie-wise. Um, I talked last year when we spoke about Halloween Kills, how, like, that movie had me in a few different scenes for the first time since this one. Um, but, like, this one for sure has left the biggest impact on me. Where I can still, to this day, as a fucking... In my mid-twenties, going through, I can envision myself as an 11-year-old on the couch, pitch darkness, watching this for the first time, and that gut feeling. Um, yeah, the score's great in this. It holds up very well, obviously. Um, you know, the, the opening score... I mean, everything about this is perfect. This is a tough one to talk about, honestly. Um... Like, for my notes segment for, for this film, literally all I have written down is, do I really need notes for this fucking one? But honestly, it's like, what more can I say other than I've, I fucking adore, like, every second of this movie? Um, yeah, I don't really know what else. I don't have anything negative for it, honestly. Um, Greg, what are some of your other thoughts for Halloween? Do you have any negative comments on this one? Yeah. Don't put me on the spot. I can't say anything bad about it. I'm, I'm, I remember, I'm, I'm trying to be the opposite. I know, man. Of, of, what, hard uh, for you. of what we led with here, man. I'm, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mentioned just a few minutes ago, this is one of those movies where John Carpenter didn't have a lot of money to do it, right? And, mm -hmm. I, you know, I've read that, you know, all the leaves you see blowing around, that as soon as he got that shot, he'd have like production assistants run around and get all the leaves because this film, you know, it was filmed in California. It's supposed to look like the Midwest, but it was filmed in California. In fact, when me and uh, Stephen Aaron flew out to LA for the premiere of New York Ninja, we went to the micro, the Michael Myers hedge, you know, where he steps behind the hedge. Yeah. That's right. That's like within driving distance of the, the airport in LA. So like, you know, here's a guy making a film about the Midwest in L.A. He mm -hmm. had to get a bunch of leaves and they couldn't even get a pumpkin. I heard they had to paint like a large like gourd or squash or something to look like a pumpkin in one of the scenes because they couldn't get them in California. And uh, oh. so there, there's like things going on, you know, from, you know, we talk about film and like the, the art of, you know, making it happen when you don't have all the stuff you need to make it happen. So, you know, that that is essentially you know what he did he mm -hmm. 
you know, had to hang on to every single leaf. He had to do the score himself with Alan Howarth. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a, a multitude of other things, you know, that, that he did to make this film happen. And I, I, I think the success of it surprised him as well. Because, you know, I think his original vision was that Halloween would be sort of like the creep show thing. Where, mm-hmm. like, the next Halloween would be a totally different story. Which Anthology, is what he's, yeah. Which he, what he sort of did with Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Mm-hmm. Had that movie just been called Season of the Witch, it would have been fine. We also mentioned that in the podcast. <laughs> that, we're, that will be on YouTube in the next day or so. So I'm kind of repeating myself. But, um, you know... His vision was that Halloween would be a different story every time. Every movie was a different story, but, you know, surprise, surprise, Michael Myers was a hit, mm-hmm. and the studio was like, you got to make a sequel, and that's why they made that. Halloween 2 picks up, like, the same night, you know, now we're at the hospital. So, um, there's not. I, I don't have a lot of bad things to say about it. It's an hour and a half, so you can't even bitch about it being too long. You know, for somebody <laughs> who's got a short attention span, you know, it's... It's an hour and a half. And oh, here's another tidbit. So Jamie Lee Curtis is mm-hmm. the daughter of Janet Lee, who I just mentioned in Psycho. Oh, she yeah, was the woman that's who right. Hit, her mom is the one that gets killed in the shower in Psycho mm-hmm. with the great score from Bernard Herrmann. Well, flash forward to 1978, her daughter essentially stars in a movie that does the exact same thing that Psycho did. So it's really kind of weird how mm-hmm. parallel they are, you know, those two films, because... If you talk to the generation before me and you ask them what the scariest movie is, they'll all say Psycho. Because nobody had done, like, nobody had done, that's, like, truly the first slasher, I think, where a guy comes in and, like, kills somebody with a knife. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, just blatantly, you know, and that did have, but it was black and white and artsy, you know, it did have blood more so mm-hmm. than Halloween. But, like, it's just, it's really interesting to me that, like, her daughter almost recreated the exact same experience that her mom had and became a star because of it you know so it it's it's just you guys have said all the right things except for one of you (laughs) (laughs) he knows who he is he's put on a black hoodie he's kind of crouched down in his his seat now and putting his foot up and real quick i think also you know how everyone does the like you know shit for the stabbing motion and the noise for uh God, what the fuck? Moon call? Uh, Psycho or whatever. Um, people dress up as Michael Myers, dude. And I feel like they don't even know like who that is as well. Like it's just an icon, like an iconic staple. Like when I was like, us growing up as kids, like we didn't know who that, like we knew only because like, you know, the older like generation before us like dressed up as Michael Myers. Right. Because you hadn't seen the movie. You just yeah. knew that, that was a scary dude. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'll give him credit for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The that. blank, the blank face. And you know that you guys, I mean, Obviously, you know that that was a William Shatner mask that they used. Have mm-hmm. you guys? Well, you guys have heard that they yeah. took a William Shatner mask and just modified it. So I mean, that's what I mean. Like, here's what, what's the killer going to look like? I don't know. I guess I got to go buy a shitty William Shatner mask and try to make it look scary. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of that I was talking to you about how I like to watch these movies that people are. Kind, you can tell they're just kind of like trying to make it make something happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, Halloween is definitely like obviously the most glorious example of that absolutely dude i I really forgot about jamie lee's mom i'm glad you brought that up i always whenever i think like you know generational like stars with film um actors i always think of carrie fisher and her mother you know but Mm -hmm. i I totally forgot about jamie lee that's a good one 
Totally a good one. Um, Danilo, what are some of your like gripes of this movie, man? We got to hear it before we get into our final ratings of this one. Dude, all it is is just the plot's just too simple. Like, it is just a boring-ass film. That's all it is. It's just a boring-ass film. It's just this guy who's stalking this girl who we get maybe, like, in total 10, 15 minutes of pure action. And that's it. Like, they're, like everything's fine regardless. It's just it's a boring-ass film to watch when you're 20 years old and you want to turn on, like, a scary movie. Because like, it's not scary, so you're just like, okay, maybe I'll see, like, good directing, good all that shit, you know, interesting plot. It's not a bad plot either. It's just boring. Like, because that's all it is. Just these girls, like, heen and hawn, and a few kills every now and then. Okay. Opening scene, opening scene, though, sells it, and so does the score. Okay. All right. That's fair, I suppose. That's fair. Um, dang, I'm kind of I'm kind of scared to hear your rating on it, not going to lie. Let's, let's kick something off positive. Alex, what's your final comments and rating on uh, John Carpenter's Halloween? Final comments... It is a perfect movie. If you haven't seen it, you 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 have to. I feel like this is a movie that everyone has to see mm-hmm. as part of like growing up. It it doesn't matter if it's forty years old or not. It is you have to see this. It's perfect. It's five out of five. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know. You know the good old croissant. Yeah, this is uh, no secret. Obviously, this is a Coruscant for me, too. Um, this, in my opinion, remains the most perfect horror film of all time. Um, definitely one of my favorite films of all time. But one thing I'm surprised we didn't get a chance to like really dive into, and we'll talk about more with Halloween Ends later on, um, this how simple Michael is. That's one of the reasons I love this film. Michael is literally just the embodiment of pure e- evil. And that's that's as simple as that. I mean, we don't need a, a complex origin story for him. And, you know, we, he from the moment we see this character, he comes killing, um, and it's always remained that way with him, pretty much. Obviously, with exceptions here for Rob Zombie's bullshit, um, but I think that's what makes him so terrifying after years and years to come too. Is instead of trying to explain that, it's still we're just keep rolling with pure evil. Um, I love that. I love this movie for that. Absolutely. Um, this is a Coruscant for me. Um, Greg, what about you, man? Give us some more positivity here. What are your final comments and your rating for Halloween? Well, to, to, to revisit what you just said, you know, it's scarier when you don't know somebody's motivation, right? Mm -hmm. And like you said, the Rob Zombie stuff tries to explain, Oh, well, this is why he's a bad guy. You should feel sorry for him or, or whatever. It's better. It's better. And it's scarier to think that there's somebody out there just that has no reason. And, you know, it's like you. I saw you walk down the street and I don't have a reason not to kill you. So it could I'm, I'm choosing you and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> no. So that's what that to me is what's scary about it. Because um, he, he lacks motive. You don't know his motive. So he's just out there stalking people so i don't know that i i don't know that i can say much more um it's definitely a five out of five for me it's definitive horror i mean if you haven't if you like horror movies and you haven't seen halloween then i, I don't know what you're doing you have to <laughs> I, I don't know i mean it seems like it should be handed out like <laughs> it should be you like horror movies well you can't watch any other ones until you watch this one 
But yeah, this needs to be socially acceptable to give out uh, to trick-or-treaters, you know? That's right. Just, <laughs> just spread the word. We'll be boring, uh, we'll be boring a whole another generation. <laughs> Danilo, what is your final comments and rating on John Carpenter's Halloween? He's only made two good movies. They live in this. This is a Bespin, dude. It's, it only lacks one star because it's a boring film. That's all it is, but it's still decently crafted. He still made, did everything right. Technically-wise, it looks absolutely stunning. You know? Michael Myers is... It's the simplest eat, like character ever in a horror franchise. You know? Jason or whatever has like his little shit. Freddy Krueger, all that. You know, these monsters. But Michael's just a dude. Like, he's just a... You're, he's, I don't want to say he's an average Joe... But he, that's all it is. You know, it's this kid who, like, just killed someone one day. Just out of the blue, too. Like, like that's what's interesting as well. And he comes out, and he just keeps on killing. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, like, that. Like it's just a guy behind the mask, you know? Like, that is a very interesting, complex villain to have in a horror franchise. Yeah, that's all, man. Oh, I've heard you're leading you're- more. <laughs> You, you earn bonus points with me because you, you actually like They Live, so you and I are all right again. Oh, They Live. I haven't, total, I haven't totally written you off yet. Excellent film, They Wait, Live. Wait, you actually like a John Carpenter movie? Yeah, dude. What Didn't you just listen to what I fucking said, dude? I said he made two good movies, <laughs> and I like both, and that was it, man. Yeah, I have a Roddy Piper uh, fucking soda bottle that my dad got me. Still sitting out in the kitchen or whatever. With about two bubbles. I don't know if you can see my "They Live" mask chilling back there behind me. It's a little. Dark. Oh, I see it. Yeah, I see it. That's epic. That's so sick. Yeah, yeah. Man, dude, you know what? Maybe that's what I'll be for Halloween. John Carpenter. Well, no. if you like they, if you like they live, here here comes my last plug for our podcast on the new V3 podcast. There's a treat for you. On YouTube. On YouTube. On, on YouTube. YouTube. There you go. I got you. <laughs> oh. I'm glad you you gave it that high of a rating. I'm surprised, to be honest with you. It's it's not a bad movie, dude. I was just bored with it. That's all. No, it's fair. Like everything, yeah, everything else is great. You know, like the acting's mm. pretty decent, considering it's just you know women taking off their tops, banging and getting killed, and their boyfriends. <laughs> that's what it is, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Well, guys, I think I'm just going to go ahead and wrap it up for uh, John Carpenter's Halloween. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break and discuss the new Halloween ends that just came out this week. Um, before we do that, Greg, you're getting ready to dip out because you haven't had a chance to see Halloween ends yet. Yeah, um, I don't want you guys spoiling it for me. <laughs> you really don't want to hear Danilo's thoughts on this one. Pal. Yeah, Danilo's five-minute uh, rundown of exactly what happens and why he hates it. <laughs> Yeah, I have to stay for it, so let's let's see how wrong he is. Oh, boy. Um, Greg, I'm glad we were able to get you on this show finally. It's been a hot minute since we had you on LFG to talk Book of Boba Fett earlier this year with the rest of Voyager 3, guys. Um, you're always welcome to come back on, man, of course. Where can our listeners find you and, of course, Voyager 3 stuff as well? So we've got the main website, which is Voyager3.com, but it's spelled funny because we're clever. V-O-Y. <laughs> AG3R, mm-hmm. really, so we could get a unique URL mostly. So, anyways, if you go to Voyager3.com, uh, I think all the links to our stuff is in there. But the newest thing that we do is the podcast, which is called V3Cast. And I think we 
we're wrapping up episode 18 right now. I, Steve's probably furiously editing it right now. And uh, <laughs> it should be up on YouTube shortly. And there is a uh, fun tip of the hat to uh, John Carpenter in it. So it's worth watching. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Links down below for those as well, guys. Of course, oh, check them out. Go ahead. One more thing. We got, uh, we're doing this, we're doing, uh, so the band is doing, we've got asked to do a uh, horror movie cover song for a documentary um, about horror that's called um, Scored to Death, and oh. it's about the mu- It's about the music in horror movies, and we got asked to do a cover song. We're not being interviewed in the movie, but we're contributing to a, a, a LP that will be part of the Kickstarter project, oh. so uh, a few people. A few people you might know, Alan Howarth has committed to doing oh. a song. Are you serious? Um, I'm serious. Richard Dude. Christie. Do you know who Richard Christie is? He's he's on the Howard Stern show, but he was also the drummer in a bunch of metal bands. Yeah, um, he, I, and, I've heard and the also, name. And uh, Steve Moore from Zombie, if you ever heard of the band Zombie. Oh, yeah, O-M-B-I. that's dope. So that's just a few of the people that have committed to doing cover songs. Mm-hmm. So uh, they've asked us to choose a horror theme that we like. And do our version of it. So um, that's coming up. It's called Scored to Death. I think they're on Twitter and, and things like that. So I probably should have mentioned that. That's fine. Probably should have remembered that. But I can't tell you which song we're doing, though. Okay. That. Okay, gonna tease us like that. I got you, man. I got you. That is fucking dope, though. That's, that's pretty exciting. That's really cool. Yeah, it should be pretty cool. Awesome, dude. That's it for me, man. That's all my plugs. <laughs> Well, Greg, I'm glad we were able to get you back on here again finally. Um, Guys, we're going to go ahead and take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and jump right in to Halloween Ends. We'll be right back, guys. All right, and we're back, guys. Let's go ahead and discuss Halloween ends. Um, first of all, Danilo, we didn't get a chance to talk 2018 at all. We did speak about Halloween Kills last year. For our listeners, link down below to that episode. Go ahead and wa- or give it a listen. Um, how did you like 2018? Was, are you just feeling positive about that one? Oh, 1,000%, dude. When okay. he fucking smashed someone's head with his goddamn foot, that was the coolest thing I've ever witnessed on the big screen. Yeah, okay. it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. I've never seen a kill like that, dude. It was so dope. It was the coolest thing ever. Okay. Now, Alex, great, oh, that, that is the only, like, I've never seen the franchise, so I want to preface that whole thing, you know, depending on the conversation. Like, I've never seen, you know, H20, all the fucking, like, 12 Halloweens or whatever. But that opening score, like, that opening scene in 2018 sold the film just like the uh, 78 one did. It is a great opening scene when they go to that insane asylum and they see him. Okay. And the score kicks up. People are yelling and screaming. Dogs are barking on that checkered floor or whatever. Yeah, dude. Death Star on that one. Death Star. <laughs> Alex, you also like 2018, correct? Oh, yeah. I adore that movie so much. Of course you do. Okay, Daniel, go ahead and give us your... Uh, <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> give us your recap on Halloween ends. Yeah, 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 dude. So, um, we saw in... I think right after ends, right? Like a year we, later. That's the time. A year after ends. Okay, we saw yeah. a year after ends. Just a little uh, refresher if you guys, you know, don't remember how ends ends or you whatever. Mean kills or, uh, ends. kills. Yeah, kills ends or whatever. 
Uh, Michael gets beat to shit, but then he just somehow comes alive again, just absolutely murks everyone, and then just disappears. Anyway, though, you after Halloween kills, you got this little, like, nerdy kid. I don't even know his fucking name, because he's a dork. He's Boring. babysitting some Boring. kid. He's babysitting some kid, dude, and he's, uh... Him and the kid are just kind of like, you know, kind of like they don't get along. He's just a fucking babysitter. Truthfully, have never seen a man babysit a kid in my entire life. Never heard of that. So that, like, really took me out of the movie instantly. Um, anyway, though, he kind of gets bullied by this kid, and you're like, damn, that's kind of rough. But he accidentally kills the kid. He uh, hits his face in the, with the door, and the kid flies down three sides of, like, three or four stories and just dies. Um, and that's the opening scene. Then he goes and... He just gets arrested, and we find out more and more that, like, Lloyd's writing, like, a memoir book or something, and she's like, okay, evil's still in Haddonfield, guys. Oh, no. And we see people just, like, being consumed by evil in Haddonfield. And people are dying, hanging themselves, killing themselves, cutting themselves. What, you know, just suicide, basically, at this point. Anyway, dude, Corey gets out of prison. Um, he's kind of just straight chilling. He gets bullied again because he's, like, known as the freak or whatever. But he's a quiet kid, you know, um, what have you. Uh, what what was the daughter's name or granddaughter's name? Allison. 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 Okay, dude. What what are we doing here, Blumhouse, with these names? Allison's just chilling. She just, I, she just got real old. She has a big girl job now. Um, fucking nurse or whatever, and she's just you know doing that, kind of getting bullied at work too. So it's just two bullies and they somehow fall in love with each other, and we see a little date. This turns into a rom com. Uh, truthfully. Because this is truly the worst dialogue I've ever heard in my entire life between these two people. It is, dude. It is. You know it is. You know it is, man. Um, anyway, dude, he gets bullied again. He gets thrown over something. And then he goes into, like, the sewer, you know, because Blumhouse is like, hey, Pennywise did pretty good. Let's let's do our sewer route as well. He goes in the sewer and he meets Michael. Chokes him out. But Michael looks through his eyes, dude. And I really have no idea what happens. But we get a flashback of Corey's life. And I do we get a flashback of Michael's? No. No. Okay, just a flashback of Corey's life, and then he like turns into like a demon, dude. He, as Cardi would say, he's on demon time, Jeez, and he is, dude. dude. Uh, Corey just becomes this little dorky kid, dude, and then he just comes like he's on demon time, dude. That's literally what happens. He starts killing because he sees Michael he kills the homeless guy. Um, he puts on the mask. He kills the boss because he was being mean to his girlfriends or whatever. Lori like realizes that like he is like turning into this demon. Like he sees Michael's eyes in her or whatever. Um, she's still getting bullied by like fucking high school kids. I don't even know how this is possible. Man's like 21, 22 and he's getting bullied by 14, oh, 18 year olds, 18, 17 year olds because they're seniors, they said. Like this is, a, this is an embarrassment, dude. So I was kind of happy when he was Michael, because I'm like, damn, dude's finally getting a win to some extent here. Um, but anyway, though, man, he gets a motorcycle. I don't even know, man. You know, th this this movie's just so bad, dude. I don't even want to re re remember it. Um, Lori, like, meets him because he gets kicked out of the house. He has, like, a weird mom or whatever. Dope-ass dad, though, for sure. Dope-ass dad. He gets kicked out. Find love. They want to leave. They hate Haddonfield. They say, we want to burn Haddonfield to the ground. Whatever. And then they have a battle um, because he full go he goes on full Michael. He puts on a mask. You know, Michael, like, transfers that power to him, kind of. And so Michael's just out there. I don't know, dude. I have no idea what happens with the whole eye switching. So you're making that face, but I bet you 80% of the people who watch this goddamn film still don't know what that scene means. Either no, no, I just think two. your interpretation of it's funny. That's it. So the mask comes on, and he starts slaying people. He And he goes tank mode, dude. 
at the court at the uh, junkyard or whatever where his dad is. His dad unfortunately just gets blown, dude. Pulls a JFK, um, which is rough because I actually really enjoy the dad, dude. He was a strong part of this film. But then you know Corey just kills him. Corey then makes up this plan to try and kill uh, fucking god, dude, Lori. And Lori then does a fake out about like call me an ambulance, you know, but call an ambulance, but not for me. That type of move. And she starts killing. She killed Corey, and then uh, Allison walks in, and Allison's like, "Oh my god, why'd you kill my boyfriend?" And then Michael comes in, and you're, it's just a like a good five minute fight, and then Michael dies, um, and they get rid of the evil because they just put him in like a wood chip. They just put him in a hydraulic shredder, dude, and they carry him out through town. And the black, the big black cop comes back, and he's like, "Hey, that ain't how we do it in this part of town." And the white guy's like, shut the fuck up, dude. We do it tonight like this. You know, Other like, way around, dog. In head. What? Other way around, dog. No, no, it's not, dude. No, it's not. No, white it guy, is. Yeah, it no, is. No, the, white the cop's guy like a comes... G, dude. He's, he comes out of the car. He's like, this is how we do it here tonight. He's fucking like, great, that, dude. Yeah, like, he gets one line, mm-hmm. but it's so it's it's the best line of the whole movie. One of them. No, it is. <laughs> uh, you know what? It, <laughs> That's you know, I remember, right? You 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 you're right, Max. You're right. Oh my bad, dude. My bad. I forgot to say we get a little rom love fest blood um blood bond between Lori and Michael while Michael's dying. Like I expected a heart to pop on the fucking ground the way they were doing that shit. Um, but yeah, dude, he gets put on a hydraulic crusher and Michael's dead. His mask is on is in Lori's house. The girl just somehow. You know, that's two boyfriends now in 10 years. And a mom who's dead, so feel bad for and her. And a dad. He's going to and, need a good yeah. and she uh, has a thing with some cop who I guess saved her back in one of the old movies. I don't fucking know. No. And <laughs> No, just some random ass cop. Her, she, She's trying to bone and she's like, let me see those grapefruits or whatever. And he's like, here's some vegetables. Here's a, here's a few carrots and tomatoes. Oh, and I thought you then, meant uh, Allison's cop, not that fucking... Yeah, he's in Halloween 2018, dude. Okay, dude, come on now. And he was in Kills or whatever, too, because of uh, they had that little moment in the ER room. But, yeah, then we get the final shot of just the mask at the end of the... in her desk, and that's it, man. Um, yeah, dude, this is Halloween ends. Uh, Alex, how many times that- have you watched this one? I've only seen it the one time in theaters because I don't know how I feel about watching it on Peacock. Okay, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't. You didn't watch it like five times. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in myself, honestly. But yeah, no. I if I'm gonna see this again, it's got to be in a theater. Okay, okay, okay. I, I watched this for a second time on Peacock at home. Um. When I first left the theater, I went to shout out to my friend Mark. I went to go ahead and watch this with him and the Nugget um, at our AMC. And he dressed up as Michael. Check uh, check the Instagram and Twitter for our pictures on that. Pretty cool stuff. And TikTok. Check it all out. But um, upon leaving the theater for my first watch of this movie, um, I really liked this movie for whatever reason. Um, then I watched it again on Peacock. And almost everything I, I wrote down about this movie... I fucking hate at this point. I'm... I don't know, dude. I'm caught on this one. I'm really caught on this one. Um, Danilo, after your first... What was your first reaction to this one? Yeah, dude. We all know how my Saturday went. 
I went to go see this on Sunday. Fucking hungover shit. This I was instantly cured. About 20 minutes in this film, I was instantly cured. I was as sober as can be. I was a sober Sally. Sober, sober Sally. Um, I was thinking halfway through, I'm like, this is the worst dialogue I've ever heard in my entire life. This truly had to be the... And, dude, you know when I realized it? When he, when the dude had a fucking seizure on the ground in the middle of a dive bar, dude. Fucking Corey. That's when I realized that this movie was going to be pretty bad, man. Yeah. Um... Uh, my initial thoughts, that's what you wanted to know, my initial thoughts coming out of the theater. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm happy. I'm like, where was... I'm, I was like, 2018 one should have been what this one was. And I don't really know how else to put it. I can't explain it. Because 2018 doesn't, like, it continues on. It's not an ending or whatever. But the way 2018 was done so good is how this one should have been. I can excuse Kills. Because Kills was just, let's just have a, an absolute kill fest for however long that movie was. I can totally forgive the second one for doing that. But this one had to be decent, I felt like. And, like, actually good. Mm-hmm. And it was not. With this one, dude, I'm I'm torn because obviously I think everyone's main complaint, and I think the main issue of this movie is Corey. Um, I don't know why he takes up like seventy percent of this fucking movie. Um, he basically replaces Michael for ninety percent up until the final fight and the few scenes we get him, which is not until about forty minutes into this movie. Um, and it's th- okay. I will applaud this movie for doing something different because that is something we haven't seen. In this franchise before we haven't seen a copycat killer we haven't seen like a dual like team up for michael with anybody yet um so i think that stuff is very interesting but it's really weird to introduce that at the the final chapter and not just the final chapter of your trilogy but this is it dude like this is the franchise ending at this point and like it's it's a really weird stake this one made for itself. Because this is, like, Jamie Lee's already returned to this franchise, you know, three fucking times already. You know, this is for sure the last fucking one. We take a risk of the last one by trying something different. Um, it, it just it doesn't work out fucking at all. And I'm, I'm, I'm lost for words because I don't understand what the thought process was for even introducing Corey into this movie almost at all. Um... I don't, I'm not mad at the writers for attempting it, almost. I think it's very yeah. intriguing to go ahead and have Lori um, kind of have this almost connection with him from the very beginning, where she is looking out for him. Almost, not necessarily like a motherly figure, but kind of like a good, like, distant neighbor, almost, in a sense. I think that relationship's really cool, because we obviously see, like, the shit with our daughter fails in the last two films. And personally, I didn't give a fuck about her daughter or her granddaughter in the last two. Um, well, dude, come on now. They got annihilated. No, for, I hate her fucking daughter, dude. I said that last year of Kills. That was my favorite part of Kills when she finally gets murdered at the fucking end of that movie. I hate oh, Lori's daughter, dude. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude. Um, and I think, like, like I said, everyone's complaining about Corey so much. It's the number one thing. I see on like Twitter and Rotten Tomatoes and everything about Halloween ends. But honestly, I think when it comes down to it, my issue is Allison in this movie. Um, Corey is a shit character. He's written poorly. He does nothing. However, Corey wouldn't be so bad 
if Allison did something with Corey. We have this entire trilogy, this these three films, we've got the David Gordon Green films, where Allison is just strung along the entire time. She's barely pushed forward by her boyfriend, who I can't even fucking tell you his goddamn name from the last two movies. Oh, the guy who got his neck twisted Yeah, Cameron. that fucking dude's name, dude. Um, She's barely pushed. She's barely motivated. And, like, the only motivation we get from that character in 2018, pushing Allison to do something, is to leave that party. And that's all she does. She just fucking leaves and ends up wandering, basically, to the Myers, or to fucking Lori's house. She basically doesn't do shit and kills, which is fine. We're building up this this big climactic thing, including her for ends or whatever, and she does nothing with it. We just see her sideline throughout this entire movie, um, and just like, I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's frustrating, like looking back and looking on the Allison stuff specifically, um, dude. That was my biggest gripe with the last fucking two, and I was so pumped to see her come and do something in this movie. And not only do we not get it, but it's almost like a spit in the face on how we don't get it. Um, what are some of your thoughts on this one, Danilo? Why, why are you hating this so much? No, real quick, man. Going off of that, let's not forget, I think, if I remember correctly, what the end shot of 2018 was. It was Allison holding the fucking knife that saved her from Michael, man. So that seems to me like Allison now is going to go down this path of, like, Michael, like, not whatever the fucking flashbacks were he did with Corey, but Michael, like, traumatized Allison to a point where in this, like, Kills, I like I said, I forgive Kills. I was not looking for a good movie at all. I just want to see more heads get stomped on. But ends, I'm like, okay, Allison has lost now everyone. Mm-hmm. She's holding that knife again in the first one. She lost everyone in the second one. Okay, this last one? Is it going to be almost like Jamie Lee's kind of passing the torch to Allison, being like, you know, you need to watch over this town, something like that? There's just no development, like you said, at all with that character. She she, she is the exact same character we have from number one, dude. But what 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 don't I like? Like, what makes me upset about this movie? Michael is, like I said, in the 78 one, is a person, like just an average Joe mm-hmm. guy. Like, he's just, you know, he can, he can die, he can bleed, he can do all that, you know? We saw in the kills that, like, that mask gives him power, though. Like, it gives him an adrenaline adrenaline rush, an adrenaline shot, dude. And I'm like, that's fine, dude. Like, I'm down for that. Because he has to be, like, what? Like, what would his age probably be in this movie? Like, 60s. 75? Yes. Okay, 60. Okay, dude, let's say, six, let's say 60, 68 just for shits and giggles. So he's an old guy in the 60s. Mm-hmm. But he's six fucking foot. Buddies could still smash on heads. So I'm like, why does he get beat so easily? Why is he crouched up in a sewer? You know, the guy is saying, like, he's bringing people down there. And they're, like, they're not returning. So, like, is he eating them? Like, is Michael now a fucking, you know, spirit or something? Like, why are we ripping this play out of it? Why are we open this plaque? Put your fucking hand down, dude. I'm not done talking. Why are <laughs> no, we, you know? because you're not understanding something. You're completely missing the freaking point. All right, Michael like, is I, not not like, a person. Why are we, no, he is a person, dude. He is a fucking person, bro. Someone gave birth to him. He got locked up in jail and he can die. That's the definition He's of a fucking person. He's also not human. That was evident in the Halloween Kills. Any type of beatdown that he would have gotten, that no, any dude, regular person would have gotten... Mask, he becomes a unit. 
So when he got that, he when he lost that mask to Corey, I'm like, okay, dude, he can't survive. He wants the fucking mask back because he wants to be a fucking unit again. And I'm like, I just don't understand from a writing perspective why Corey was in there for that long. I thought we were gonna get a malignant wait, switch. Wait, wait, wait. You know how malignant. I like where you're going with the Corey stuff. Hold on, just one second. Let me just so I'm following you for right thing. Michael's mask for you yeah. that your interpretation is that is where he gets his abilities, powers, whatever, whatever you want to call that. Is his mask? No. no, that mask is just your average Joe mask. But you know, yeah. how, like when you put on like a sweatshirt or like a good outfit, and you're like, damn, I look kind of good in this outfit. You get okay, that's outfit. what I thought you were going with. I was trying to make sure you weren't yeah. taking that literal. I got you. No, no, no. Like, that's what I think, like, when he puts on that mask, it's like, hey, I just put on my Travis kicks. Like, I'm I'm fucking ready to go. Okay, he I got puts you. On the mask, like, I'm a fucking unit. Like, he's hyping himself up and shit. Mm-hmm. So we get, like, this weird switch. Like, right before they start dating, uh, like, really dating and, like, fucking basically, um, Corey and uh, Allison or whatever, I thought we were going to see a total switch. Because Michael's there, too. He's watching Lori. Mm-hmm. You know, in that tree. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do a malignant switch here. We can get rid of this fucking nerd guy, Corey. Michael wants his fucking mask back. You know, this is going to be an easy five minutes. And then we get the show off between Lori and Michael now. You know, him hunting her down, whatever. But no, dude, it was like five minutes. I'm like, what the hell, guys? He got his mask back. He's a unit. He has to be a unit. Eat some fucking, like, he's eating people. He's eating something. So he's even more of a fucking tank. If he's eating fucking people, dude, he kills that guy when he sees Corey again because Corey thinks he's like Shadow Man or something, you know, uh, when he had the fucking like clown mask on or whatever, or mm-hmm. the scarecrow mask on. So like Michael's coming back, dude, like they're getting along, along now. Michael's like, you know, maybe you may be taking over my thing, but they fight. He loses his mask and he's like, I want my shit back. And then we just don't get it, dude. We just don't get it. And I'm like, OK, maybe, maybe I'm not the Halloween expert because I didn't watch fucking... 12 other movies, dude. But I was disappointed. I was really disappointed in this whole thing. Just because they sidelined Michael. You yeah. know? People were upset that they sidelined uh, Laurie in the second one. Which I can mm-hmm. forgive. I can totally forgive that. But I'm like, this is the end of the franchise. And if you guys are going to commit to someone dying in this, whether it be both or one, then let me get as much screen time as I can with them and in a good story. And that was Neither. I got Corey and I got Allison banging and you flirting with someone in the fucking grocery store. Yeah, okay. I see the frustration, dude. I see it. Um, and I, I agree quite a bit. Um, Alex, before we get to you for a second, dude, I want to go ahead and mention one thing I really like about this movie because of Dilo Bride up. Um, about people being upset about Lori being sidelined in the last movie. Because um, that was something we talked about last year of Kills specifically, how people were pissed yeah. about that. I like Kills for that reason. It's a very Michael movie. We we never had that. That is the Kills is like the most original movie in the franchise. I feel like um, yeah, yeah. now with ends being a bit of an exception because the weird copycat stuff of Corey. But as far as like structure goes, Kills is a Michael film, and that's cool. I love Kills for it. Uh, I still enjoy Kills upon a rewatch. Um, and I do like the Lori stuff with Halloween ends. I really, really do. Um, like when I left the theater, I compared this movie to Mark to the last Jedi and not just because like the device of fan base, but I really, I think our Lori in this is kind of like my Luke. 
You know, I really like what we yeah. have here for Lori. I like the performance. I don't agree with every decision with the character, obviously. You know, I've followed the franchise for a long time. There's things I personally want to see this character go off and do differently, just like it did with Luke. But I like what I, I've seen. Like, there are some th- key things I would change, however. Um, yeah. I really, really, really enjoy the the message of, like, Lori attempting to move on and do something with her life. You know, we've seen her, we've all expected, and we got in that 2018 film, Lori to be, like, a, pr- a post-PTSD, like, traumatized badass. You know, now we see her for the first time in the franchise actually attempt to move on and do something with her life. And I respect that. I think the memoir stuff's really well done. I think the last, or, it's not the last line of the film, which I think it should have been, honestly. Whenever she finishes her book and she goes on talking about how evil will always take shape. I love that shit, dude. I think right there, that is some of the best stuff written in this trilogy. But it doesn't go further than that. You know? Like, this movie is very much a Lori movie. And her relationship with Corey is very interesting. But this shouldn't have been the finale in a sense. This doesn't feel like the final chapter until we get to those five minutes. Um, and I do like the final fight with Michael and Lori. You know, I try to go ahead and a couple, based off of like a few interviews or whatever, comparing yet again to Star Wars. It's like what Filoni said with like the Maul and Kenobi fight in Rebels. You know, it's almost like a samurai-esque. We're, we're getting less, but everything means more in this fight. And you do feel the emotion down to when we get the, the moment where Lori almost dies. And we get this, like, overwhelming, impactful version of, like, the actual Halloween score in a montage. I love all that shit, dude. But for some reason, it just isn't enough. Like you said, Danilo, for this to be the finale and then for them to kill off ultimately one of these two characters, if not both of them, I'm just not spending time with Michael to almost care. My feelings of Michael, the only reason I felt anything when the character died wasn't because of anything that happened to Halloween Ends. It's because of the rest of the franchise. If you had clipped off the last 15 to 20 minutes of this movie and only had shown me that, I would have liked it the exact amount as, like because the plot has nothing to do with it, pretty much. I was going to get this scene, this confrontation, this final battle, with this Allison coming in last minute, I was going to get that at the end of the day, whether Corey was in this plot or not. And that's what bugs me the most about this, I think, ultimately. And I know, Alex, I see you itching over there. Go ahead. <laughs> defend this movie, dude, because I'm, I'm waiting. I've been I'm, wanting someone to defend the fuck out of this. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be fighting for my life over here. I just want you to know that. Go for it. All right. So first off, the ma- you're right. The mask does not give Michael any kind of powers. You're mm-hmm. 100% right on that. It's the act of killing that's why the dude was borderline even more so superhuman and kills because the man just went on a rampage. And in ends, the dude hasn't killed anybody in three years, so he's lost most of his power. And now all the wounds that he's gotten over the 40 years are really starting to mess with him. Mm-hmm. When he was in Smith, when he was in the sanitarium and before he escaped in 2018, he he was taken care of. He doesn't know how to actually take care of himself. Killing gives him his power. That's it. That's why we never want... That's why the stupid question of, what does Michael eat or where does he sleep? That doesn't matter. That doesn't apply to him. When he's out in the wild, 
The hunt is his obsession. The kill is his obsession. He's powered by that. That's why Corey was able to take his mask from him so easily because he's only been able to kill, you know, once every, you know, six, eight months. Otherwise, he's going to start attracting attention again. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah, yeah. But what about... So I'm going to hear you defend the Corey stuff, dude. I get the Michael stuff. All right, all right. All right, all right. The Corey stuff. I will go ahead and admit, admit, it is not the smartest move to introduce a brand new character in the finale of your movie. But for the evolution of this trilogy as a whole, it makes sense. The first one was the tribute to the original Halloween. Halloween Kills was the ultimate slasher, like, metal horror movie that all the Halloween fans have been wanting to see for years. Okay, Don't yeah. worry about character development. Everyone's just fodder for Michael to slash up. Mm-hmm. Ends is actually a David Gordon Green movie. And I've seen, I don't know if y'all have seen any of his other work, but I've seen a lot of his other movies, especially like his smaller indie movies, and this feels right at home with them. It's a character piece first, and it's a Halloween movie second. Now, that may not vibe with some other people, but to me, that fulfills Carpenter's original intention. Like how Halloween was supposed to be an anthology movie, the story of Laurie Schrode was originally supposed to conclude with Halloween 2, and then they did Season of the Witch, which is kind mm-hmm. of supposed to start the anthology story of it. And this does that to an extent. I Go ahead and admit, Allison? Yeah, no, they completely wasted her. I remember walking out of the theater in 2018, I was like, alright, so Allison's gonna be like, she she's gonna be a major player. Nope, nothing. And that was the biggest way. And plus, the performer, Andy Matichak, she's great as Allison. Like, she does as much as she can with the little she's given. So, the the Corey stuff is weird, but it works for this one. This is supposed to be separate from the other two. So, also, Corey's not poorly written. There's yes, actually a lot of is, dude. There is a lot of character dude. development to Corey. What? Yeah. No, there is no, there is development, dude. I, agree, I I will agree with you on that, but it's bad development. Like, it's bad. Like, I get what you're saying, where he becomes this little fucking. He's a nerdy guy. He's a, you know he has he's all innocent, and then he becomes a fucking unit at the end, or tries to be. You know, I, I, I was about to say that. he he tries. We can go into spoilers yeah. with this, but, right? Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh Michael fucking died, dude. I'm sorry. As soon as you started bashing the movie, I just started tuning you out for the most part. <laughs> How many so. times have you been on this show, the di- Alex? <laughs> the dialogue or whatever doesn't help to Corey's fucking whatever character arc, bro. Nothing helps with ca- Corey's character arc. But I don't think the dialogue's important, though. It would like, be. It, it. I think it is when it's the end of a fucking trilogy that's been <laughs> since 1978, dude. And there's been 12 other installments in a fucking franchise, and they're all ass. Yeah, dude. Come on, man. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're okay, man. So I guess you 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 probably do like somehow he has returned in the Rise of Skywalker as well, then, man. Oh no, <laughs> no. Then, then you can't. You it can't be both ways. Yeah, yeah, it can. There's a major. There's a couple major differences. First off, a copycat was always going to happen. Emperor Palpatine returning was never oh supposed to happen. Oh my god! Don't shut up. <laughs> you were the one who asked me to defend this. I'm defending it. Whether you agree, like or agree with my point is a whole other story. The copycat thing's bullshit, dude. I can only support the copycat killing in this franchise. Because this is the last movie. 
If this was any other movie, I'd be pissed that the copycat thing was an option, dude. I'm not gonna lie. That is a ripoff of fucking, what, Friday the 13th Part 4? 5? No, cop- they've already- they did a copycat in Halloween already. They- they've actually already done that. Which one, dude? <laughs> uh, the Thorn- the Thorn Trilogy is where they explore that. Uh, oh, my bad, was that the fourth trilogy they did? Or the <laughs> second one, man? Uh, no, the, the Thorn one. Trilogy- Okay, look, I can actually get into this if you want me to explain it. No, I could care less. <laughs> exactly, that, that's what I thought. I was wanting you to give an actual answer. Oh, boy. Like I said, Max, fight for my life. No, dude, I just, I don't know. I, I walked out of the theater really liking Halloween Ends, dude. Well, I did. It does the smart thing, and it ends you on probably, it ends on probably one of the best scenes of the Halloween franchise, and that's the procession through the streets of Haddonfield when they string his body up on top of the it car. It doesn't end with that, though, dude. It doesn't. That it, that's basically the ending. talking about the Rosebush, buddy. Yeah, what, you what? have that You have that epilogue of, like, you see what happens to all the characters, but the end of the Michael Laurie... Yeah, dude, you pause. That's exactly what fucking happened. No, dude, for our listeners, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, that, that dude. was the they were alluding to, man. Yeah, they're just going to hook up afterwards. That's all they're alluding to. Lloyd's like, Lloyd, like, hey, cop, want to try on the mask? And he's like, yeah, I want to see if it gives me powers, bro. I want to see if it rises my cherry blossoms. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this, fuck, dude. This isn't a fruit. This is some meat I'm eating now. I, I don't know, man. I walked out of the theater. I really liked this movie. I did. And then what it, did you think about it. Your first time, like, like, what were you like? Man, I love that shit. Like, what was it? The Lori stuff, like I was saying, dude, it's very, it reminds me so much of Luke and Last Jedi. Yeah. Just because there are some moments where it's like weird pieces of dialogue. Um, you know, like I wouldn't have expected Lori to make this change. You know, I thought we were going to basically see the same Lori of this entire trilogy basically being, you know, the, the paranoid Home Alone character that she became in 2018. Um, and I'm glad she did something different. You know, I really do think this was Jamie's, like, best attempt at, like, making one of these, like, have something to be recognized by the Academy, you know? Like, there's moments in this where I could see Jamie, like, actually pushing forward this fucking movie. She carries this shit, in my opinion, dude. 1,000%. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. Rewatching this, I just, I saw through all the holes. Like, a lot of them, too. Um... I like everything with Lori for the most part, really, even even though I disagree with it. Um, let's talk the final fight real quick. I think that's the big thing we're avoiding because of the Corey stuff. Um, Danilo, what, what is your interpretation, your thoughts on that final fight in the kitchen? Better Now that you told me about that whole Filoni shit, I forget about that. And it's, it, it's smart, though, dude. I mean, they fought now so many times. Mm-hmm. So... Obviously, she knows his moves, and she did in the beginning, man, when she made the suicide call, you know? So, like, she knows Michael's there, and Michael knows, you know, Michael, I guess didn't know, but still, though, like, she's learned from him, and he's learned from her. So, I, I the fight, the final fight's pretty decent, in my opinion. Like, I don't have many problems with it, what I, and I don't have a problem with, like, the score coming in and us trying to think, like, these people are connected on a soul level, you know, with, mm-hmm. like the camera angles they were doing with the blood and work and all that shit. Like, I don't mind them alluding to that, man. But they were pushing that for, like, two solid minutes, bro. They and were. I'm like, 
And I'm like, stop. Stop. You mm. know I hate when they're pushing shit on me. And I'm like, stop. If you showed me, like, Lori's blood, like, hitting the floor and Michael's draining out, like, that scene, like, just like just the ground, like, how they did show that one shot, mm. I'm, I'm totally chill with that. I'm like, I get where they're coming from. Like, they're intertwined somehow. They're yin and yang. They they just are, you know. That's just how it is. But when they did, it's two minutes, dude. And they're just like, you know, I'm like, am I watching, like, Marley and me fucking die, dude? Am I watching Owen Wilson hold his fucking pup right now? Like, are they that connected? You know? Like, they were just mm. pushing that for too long. But overall, I thought the fight was decent at the end. It was short, but it was decent. I was fucking happy when Corey died. I can tell you that. Um, but yeah, dude, like, I thought it was a decent, like, fight. I thought the, you know, the disposal was an interesting, like, type of kill. Lori gaining more strength, you know, learning his moves, stabbing him to the fucking, oh, God, what, uh, the island. Yeah, the island, dude. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, like, obviously, she's seen Michael do that, you know, or Mm -hmm. we've seen Michael do that. So it's pretty, that's a pretty cool, like, you know, reverse, like, Uno card, you know. Yeah, dude, it's like how we see with in 2018, Lori begins doing the Michael things. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it, man. I really didn't mind it. Um, but it was just at like two minutes where it was like, come on, guys. Come on now. They're not in love here. They're not in love. Like, come on. No, I feel you on that, dude. Um, I really do like as well, like the townspeople picking up and taking Michael, putting him on the car and uh, going to the junkyard shit. That, to me, felt like more of a tribute to horror itself. Um, I know, Alex, you spoke since, like, one-on-one off-air. We've talked about how, like, Halloween Kills is very much like a Towns, like a Haddonfield movie, in a sense. Um, not only does that scene alone bring in that whole sense of Haddonfield coming together, to me it's like a classic horror trope of, like, Frankenstein. Of townspeople getting together to, to kill, like, the unstoppable monster as well. Um, yeah, dude. I, I like that part. I like, like, the last 15 minutes of this movie is good, you know? Not not amazing, not perfect, you know, maybe great for the last 15 minutes, honestly. Um, but yeah, just the rest of this is like, what the, what the fuck? Um, what about you, Alex? What did you like about that final fight and that whole sequence? I thought that it was appropriately short... Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest here. Neither of these people are young bucks anymore. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if we had an extended, you know, 20, 30 minute fight sequence between the two of these, these two, it, it would be far unbelievable, but they kept it short. They kept it brief. They showed that Laurie has picked up on even more of Michael's skills. And I mean, she creates her own art piece, basically stringing him up on top of that car basically and I, so basically i i thought it was good it's hard to think about what could have been with this movie because so much of it is a little bit like sep almost separated from the previous two like we weren't going to get a showdown like at what the end of kills was that that just wouldn't make sense you know, I'm not gonna lie, man. Listen, Alex, listening to you defend Halloween Ends makes me rethink the, the Rise of Skywalker a little bit. What? No, no, I do not advocate that that is a good movie. That movie sucks. No, I do dude. not advocate for that movie, but I will die on a hill for Halloween. No, I mean, you sound like me 70 episodes ago. Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> well, maybe in another 70, I'll come on here and say, oh yeah, Halloween kills, or Halloween ends sucked. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit, but go on, go ahead, Alex. I know. Yeah, like, this entire movie, like, we should have known that this is going to be different from the opening titles. I mean, they've been using, for this trilogy, they've been using the titles from the first three Halloween movies, and this one uses Season of the Witch, which is the big separate one from the first two Halloween movies, big thematic departure. And that's what this is. This is more about trauma and grief and trying to move on and ultimately failing. So... Yeah, you're right. I, this is a, a, exactly like Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Bad. Have you seen that one? Yeah, it's it's fucking awful, dude. <laughs> it is like uh, John uh, Carpenter's worst fucking movie. John I, Carpenter didn't make three Season of the Witch, buddy. I thought he did, dude. I hate no. Season of the Witch. God, so All bad. he did was compose a few themes. That's it. Yeah, lucky him. <laughs> Hey, well, at least he came back and did the score for all three of these. That's something we can all agree on. The score is fantastic. Yeah, no, the score is great on these, dude. They're pretty dope. They're pretty dope. Um, let's go ahead and get into our final ratings for this one, guys. Um, I want to hear your final comments, your rating, but I also want to ask you a question. Are you satisfied with this as a trilogy, specifically? Not necessarily as the ending to this 44-year-long-year-old franchise, but as a trilogy, how are you satisfied with it? Um, Danilo, you're up first, man. I want to hear your thoughts on this one, bro. You're muted. That'd be helpful if you unmuted. Get sick one, pal. There yeah, you I, go, buddy. I, I myself when I, when I don't sneeze, but we got a nice big <laughs> sneeze in there. For all you listeners out there, I am sick. Um, but yeah, am I satisfied this is a trilogy? Yeah, 100%, dude. This is a decent trilogy, I feel like. This is just like, um, other trilogies where I'll watch the first two, Maybe. <laughs> um, but I will never watch the third. And I find that a decent trilogy. Two out of three, 66%. Listen, that's passing in my book. Because that's how I got through some of my classes in college and in high school. So um, what do I rate this one, man? For sure, a Hoth. Okay. Um, I mean, it wasn't the worst thing I've watched. Smile was better somehow. Some fucking way, some fucking how. That movie was better than this. Um, cause at least the dialogue wasn't, no, dude, was the dialogue better than that one? Did I say the exact same thing? No, you, I forget I think I what did. about Smile, yeah. I think I did, yeah, one, one move, oh, I think Unbearable Weight was where, the one I said where dialogue was bad. Anyway, though, dialogue really ruined this dude. Like, like I said, Buddy has a fucking seizure on the ground, or he acts like he does. There's dancing, and then there's having a seizure, dude. When Max and I go out, we dance, bro. We get lit out there. Corey had a fucking seizure on the ground, dude, and, and a fucking dive bar, and no one was saying anything. Um, still, I like how Max was, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Alex was defending this movie, but he couldn't tell me why I saw a flashback of fucking Corey's life, and then Michael and, uh, <laughs> and Laurie Strode just having a fucking flashback of intimate connections. Um, couldn't tell you what the hell that means. But yeah, dude, um, yeah, it's a hawk, man. This... I was I was drunk as I was fighting for my life on the toilet that entire Sunday. As soon as I walked into my seven seven PM showing, I think it was five actually, five PM showing, I was like, hey, you know what? My poop is solid. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, dude. Um for me, man, I don't know. Am I satisfied with the trilogy with this? Um Two out of three, buddy, two out of three. I mean if by that standards, sure, I guess. But you you said something earlier in this episode 
Um, that's kind of made me rethink of how I view this as a trilogy. And honestly, you're right, dude. Uh, this should have been switched with 2018 for some reason. Obviously, you know, the 2018 is the Kickstarter of this trilogy. But yeah. uh, that finale for 18 is still damn good. You know? About that movie is just amazing, dude, for no reason. Yeah, and which, if you guys remember when I talked about Kills last year, I, I'm not a big 2018 fan. I'm not. Like, every time I rewatch 2018, I like it less and less. This makes me fucking like it more, dude. I'll be honest. I don't know. I Check don't out know, our man. LFG Sunday, man. We we did 2018. Just kidding. We did Clerks 3. <laughs> Clerks 3 was That's fucking cool. good, dude. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not dissing it at all, dude, because I've never seen movies I can't say. But I'm just saying, dude, I think it would have made sense to do 2018. No, after watching this movie, I was not doing 2018 this week. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, this is this is a, a Naboo for me. Um, that's me being very generous. I really do like the last 15 minutes of this movie or so. Um, you know, there's some, some risk in this movie that I can applaud them for taking and for sticking to their guns for. However, they don't really stick too well to their guns for this, in a sense. Um... And I say that just because Corey goes out like a bitch, in a sense. Dude just stabs himself. At that point, it just felt like the writers wrote themselves in a corner and had to get out. Um, don't know what that was about. Daniela, like you said, dude, I've watched majority of these fucking movies. This is my favorite horror franchise. Adore the first fucking film. I couldn't tell you what that whole vision thing was. <clears throat> couldn't fucking tell you. Um, yeah, dude, this is a new movie for me. Really, like... Laurie Strode's finale. I'm happy she has an actual decent finale that she deserves as a character. And I think walking away from this thing, that's the best part you can, you know, reminisce upon and uh, take from this movie is that this is a Laurie movie. It just isn't what you're expecting, for sure. Um, Alex, go ahead, man. Let me hear your Coruscant on this one. It ain't a Coruscant. <laughs> it ain't a Coruscant. I'll go ahead and tell you that. It is... Uh, I'll... Bef- Tease a little bit. It is the lowest rating I've given to any of the David Gordon Green Halloween movies. You haven't been on the podcast for any of them, dude. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, well, if you follow my letterbox, <laughs> or you see my other, or you read my reviews online. Can I, can, <laughs> it, it's a best man. It's a four out of five. Oh, my bad. You're not a Coruscant, but a best man. <laughs> yeah, not a Coruscant. It's a best man. And yes, I do feel like this trilogy was... It's not two out of three. It's three It's three out of three. <laughs> this, I like. I really love this trilogy and the timeline they made with this. Don't ever change, Alex. Don't ever change. <laughs> oh, boy, dude. <clears throat> oh, boy. I don't know, man. Maybe I'll, I'll look back on this movie a couple times, or in a couple years, and I'll really like it. I don't know. Maybe it's because I watched it back-to-back, almost. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, but then again, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, dude, I'll go ahead and I'll rewatch Halloween Kills every fucking year from now on. That's my finale. Michael just, yeah, <laughs> just going tank mode, dude. He's a fucking unit. Yeah, dude, just fucking up Tommy Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, Danilo, I think we're gonna wrap it up for this week, dude. <laughs> I think so, too. Listen, if you made it this far and you have mad Patagonia fleece out there, I want that back. <laughs> oh, what do we got, we got for an LFG this week, man? You did LFG. 
I don't know who you had, but you did one. So tell us about that, man. I had Brian from Drink the Movies come on. We talked about Clerks 3, uh, Kevin Smith's newest film. We had a blast talking about that for about 20, 30 minutes or so. So uh, check that out. Check out the YouTube channel, Galaxy Film Productions. We got a new short film out now, uh, One Day, by our filmmaker, Brandon Messina. You guys heard his voice today talking about our stream of the week. Um, Alex, where can our listeners find you, man? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at AWREAMS. That's A-W-R-E-A-M-S. And um, look for projects coming out on Galaxy of Film and on Drink in the Movies. Yeah. Got some Halloween Got some Halloween content. Ends review just dropped. Going to have the 78 one hopefully coming out on the 31st. Okay. okay. So, and uh, I'm also, I started a new series on there recently doing a old school horror movie every mm. month. Just one that I just want to talk about. Next month is going to be a certain Italian horror movie. Ooh, that tease us. Yeah. Now, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to some Jalo next month. So, okay. Yeah, okay. look out for that. Hell yeah, dude. Make sure you get the letterbox for him so you guys can see his other Halloweens. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I wonder what those ratings are going to be if this one was a best spin. <laughs> oh boy, don't ever change, I'm sorry. Alex. I'm sorry that I love these movies. No, I love them too, I'm... dude. I do too. This one's just... This is the... Yeah. It's the, it's the red-headed stepchild for you. Nah, this kid gets the fucking hump seat in the minivan, bro. Oh, that that's a little too disrespectful. That's, that's what Halloween Ends is. At least in this trilogy, bro. <laughs> Dude, that, that's a little disrespectful. Oh, Dude, boy. The main character whose choice of drink at 21 is milk. <laughs> okay, did you get the hump seat in the van, Danilo? Because that would explain a lot about you. If my fucking kid, dude... Was drinking milk at 21? Yeah, dude. I-, I would probably bully him just like the fucking high schoolers did, bro. Okay, guys. Jesus Christ. That's going to wrap it up for this episode, guys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider us leaving us a review on iTunes and Spotify. It truly does help out the show much more than you can imagine. Check out the rest of our podcast and our videography and short films going on our website, galaxyfilm.com. You can find all of our wonderful content on there. Danilo, next week, what are we talking about? Oh, fuck. Beats me, dude. <laughs> Just kidding. Star Wars. Man, am I excited to hear it. No, dude. We're talking Mandy next week. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> dude. Got a Nick Cage double <sighs> feature. We're pushing that back, dude, because we're recording on Saturday. Or Sunday, I mean. Do, do, not know, do not read the show notes. Anyways, guys, thanks so much for cool. listening. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> I you guys full screen so I can see everyone's nice face. Anyway, though, like I said, that offer still stands about that dishwasher thing. I gotta upload that to all our social media. I just oh, yeah. went I just went fucking twenty dollars on quarters. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye guys. Not my quarter.